darkness, my old friend. I've come to talk with you again. Because a vision softly creeping left its seeds while I was sleeping. And the vision that was planted in my brain still remains within the sound of silence. Hello, and welcome to Please Watch This, a podcast where two film-loving mates with gaps in their viewing history recommend films to one another so they can once and for all answer the question, who has better taste? Now you'll notice an unusual wave formation there in my sound. Um, I'm Sam Blakely. I'm joined as always by Hugh Dempsey. And we're joined by a third voice, uh, a new voice today. It's not Ben, it's not Joe, it's not Juicy. It's Baxter. Baxter, Hello. how are you? I'm good, thank you. Hello, Baxter. Hello, lot listeners. Hello. Yeah. Oh, yes, Hugh. Yes, a perfunctory. Hello. Um, I'm going to go straight to Baxter. Hugh, I, I, I hope you've been fine this week, but I'm going to go straight to Baxter. Baxter. Our mm-hmm. listeners, unless they do know you, don't know you. Um, so I'm going to ask you a couple of questions just to get a, a sense of who this Baxter is, if you don't mind. Of course. I mean, far, far away. Do oh, right. Do you want to say question? his surname for the audience? No, no, no. no, no. Let's, keep, let's keep that, let's keep that um, incognito. Let's just I suppose and... there is that, that witness protection thing that we shouldn't talk exactly. about. Exactly. Yeah. So <laughs> there is a um, there's a question that me and Hugh discussed last week on the show, which which I'd quite like to extend to you, just so that our listener gets a sense of kind of who you are, what your tastes are, and, and whether they should agree with you. Um, and the question is, if you were quarantined for a year with just five films, what five films would they be? So I think this is probably the hardest question to answer. Um, yeah. So, uh, gosh, I think probably... So the one I know for certain that I would have to have is Shawshank Redemption. So I think I've watched it maybe five or six times uh, that I can remember, probably more after a night out or two. I remember um, um, a few years ago we sat down and watched that <laughs> when we were drinking, or maybe it was the second or third day of straight drinking, and um, we kept having to stop it after every scene and just go, that was a perfect scene. <laughs> yeah, okay, like, next how scene. How did they do that? <laughs> what was better, the acting, the script? <laughs> it's, it's, <laughs> how did they, yeah, was that magic? Yeah, I, I feel Baxter, like I should say, sh- is the, um, Baxter is the king of the pause and rewind to, uh, to kind of, if you miss a, a line from a, a scene, you do like to rewatch it. I think that's fair to say. So I feel like it's the only way to enjoy enjoy a film once you've seen it once you just got to keep watching it over and over again <laughs> every every 10 <laughs> seconds primer primer, primer. Is a good example yeah <laughs> no you've not seen primer i don't think uh no never even heard of oh, it was primer. baxter tell us about primer and and it's 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 part in our tapestry so i feel like primer is the only scientifically correct possible uh version oh, time of time travel, travel. Film. Yeah. yeah it's so convoluted I think they have like little pictures on the internet to try and give you the timeline. Yeah, it's amazing. And, like, it's it's absolutely hilarious. But like, it's I think the budget. We looked at this up. The budget was like three thousand dollars. It's always less 5, than 000. I think. Yeah, <laughs> it is, isn't it? I, I always think like, oh god, they made it for like fifty thousand dollars, and I look again, and it's no, it was five thousand dollars. Oh no, wait, it was five pounds. They just had to buy some tape. <laughs> In ten years from ten years from now, you look at it, it's like oh, it cost a shoestring <laughs> yeah. and a button. So when we watched it, if we watch it all the way through once and then you gave me the the ability to then rewind a couple of times through the film. Uh, I don't know. I'd definitely seen it before then. I think you might have seen it before then, but I'm not sure. But yeah, we kept pausing it all the time just to check, okay, who's that? 
which timeline is he from what's he on about okay we're up to scratch now let's keep going yeah that was i mean how drunk were you both when you watched this film I think we might have been stone cold sober actually the first <laughs> yeah. time. Is that how convoluted it, was, it is? We were really trying to analyse it quite well, and uh, Bax's girlfriend fell asleep. I think possibly while we were trying to do this. I'm not sure. Maybe maybe that was the second time. Um, yeah, that, that makes she was sense. Like no, God, these guys are so so weird. Yeah. <laughs> um, so we've got yes. Shawshanks on the list. So Shawshank, I'm going to add Primer to the list. I've just realised because I think you'd have to watch it at least seventy times to you even understand. You didn't understand it by the end of the year. Yeah, true. Yeah. Hopefully. Um, <laughs> um, you'd have okay. like a, you'd have like Charlie Day in uh, it's always sitting on the whiteboard behind Pepe you. Sylvia, Pepe Sylvia, Pepe <laughs> Sylvia. Well, as long as uh, wait, is it quarantine? So so we have all resources, so we can kind of go yeah, a little you can, bit. You can uh, watch TV. You've got everything. Beautiful. Just no okay. films. So I definitely I'd go Beautiful Mind on it and and just like kind of go crazy. Um, trying to figure out what's happening. Oh, Beautiful Mind. Hey, that's another one. Are you that impressionable that you just mention a film and it makes it to your top five? Uh, no, I'm, I'm not. From the world's greatest actor, Rusty Crowe. Yeah, but you know, uh, good film. Old Rusty. I think I'll. I think I'll leave that one out though. Um, <laughs> okay. Let me have a little think again. Sorry, I, I know this was coming, and I really just was underprepared. Um, so, uh, so I think Memento, uh, Christopher mm. Nolan film, 2000. Um, definitely i enjoyed watching it and it's actually what i'm it, i think it for a period of time it was my favorite film because i really enjoyed the concept didn't have a idea at all of what was going on and i've <laughs> purposely said to myself i won't watch it a second time for like a really extended period of time we're talking like 15 20 years i think till, <laughs> till so like, you're June next back. week so you watched it last week again Sorry for the second time finally we'll see again <laughs> yeah. it's commitment um but yeah so i think i think i really enjoyed it and i definitely know there's there's room to watch it like two or three times again there's a funny story behind that film actually i actually used to have a version of that that was played in chronological i think there's a dvd mm. extra yeah that does that yeah. which is really great idea yeah, to heard about this. but i never watched it for some yeah. reason i had it for years and it just Got lost to the ether. I think Bax has taken yeah. a really good approach to this. Whereas Hugh went for a trilogy and two thirds of a trilogy, and I just sort of thrown it in. Uh, Bax has actually chosen films that he could rewatch again and would have to work out. I think it's really, really good idea. Thank you, guys. I mean, a good film like that's The Prestige, a Christopher Nolan, mm. another Christopher Nolan film. Well, this is yeah, the thing. Look, it's more more of a twist than not... a than a head scratcher, I think, isn't it? Yeah. That's the danger. I would though, like I to show that to people for the first time and just say, "Are you watching? Are you watching closely?" And see if anybody figures it out. They never do. Yeah. Well, I could probably just Sorry, yeah, on. I could probably just pick five Christopher Nolan films and just whack that out as the, <laughs> as, as the total. But um, okay, let me let me have a little think. What have I said so far? Says Shawshank Redemption, Memento, Primer, Primer. Memento. Um, Two more. Okay, okay. Oh no, that sucks. Uh, <laughs> I just realised. So so I so one of the best Christopher Nolan films that I saw but I, I'm not entirely sure if it's because I was in the cinema and and, and again I think we'll come to to my to my film tastes from this I think but effectively you sat down you 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 start the film you're kind of like oh what's it going to be like you know oh I don't know the ending and uh oh, sorry the film is Dunkirk by the way uh, <laughs> so, you know I know the ending but like I remember sitting watching it and going from start to finish, sweat dripping in my palms. Right. Like, at the edge of my seat, going, you know, what's going to happen? Maybe the Nazis um, win the war. You know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, like, it was the music, it was the score, it was the 
the acting, it was the special effects, it was all of them combined together for this like amazing experience of cinema. And obviously I knew what was going to happen, but I was gripped throughout the whole thing. So I think I'll add Dunkirk to the list, but I'm also going to say that for me, a film that's amazing is one that literally is an experience and one that I come away and I'm either, you know, shitting my pants or, <laughs> you know, I've, I've got like, I've just done a workout with my abs because it was hilarious. Mm-hmm. Um, that's so, like, I think There's no comedy in that list, actually. Yeah, so this so that's the thing. I mean, I was, it, there's there's too many to choose from. Um, I think Bill and Ted's Adventure was going to go re- go in there yes. as well. But then I thought, but I thought if I put that in there, then everyone's going to be like, oh, this, this guy likes time things. He must be a scientist. <laughs> I mean, you do have a master's in physics, <laughs> physics and philosophy. Hey man, philosophy, don't forget yeah, the second yeah. part. But I suppose that is time as well. There might be some time travel philosophy, it's time and thought space, experiments, man. time and space. space. <laughs> um, <laughs> So, so I'm putting Dunkirk in because, but again, I don't know, I don't know what that would be like if you watched it on a, you know, 26 inch uh, LCD TV <laughs> back at home, you know, yeah. cranking up the, the analog stereo. <laughs> but in the cinema, like I, I came away and I felt like I'd lost at least three pounds of sweat. Um, <laughs> um, so yeah, so I'm adding Dunkirk. What else did I say? Um, do, 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 do. Oh, shoot. Yeah. Um, oh, no, crap. So becoming a very philosophical answer, I feel this. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna reel some off because I can't I can't pick. You've only got, got two more. I've, two I've more. Got two more. more. Yeah, you've got, no, more. do you know what? We're gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna pin you down. One more. Oh, damn. Yeah, well, okay, so two more. You, what was the fourth? So okay. I'm gonna go with oh, sorry, either okay. John Wick. One more. Um, oh. Because again, that was surprising for me. Like I hmm. I went into the cinema thinking, God, Keanu, come on, man, like. You know, I loved I loved the Matrix again. Yeah, philosophy uh, philosophically, but also for the action. And I was like, okay, he's he's such a nice guy. I want him to do well. And he just came out, and it was bone crunchingly like uh, amazing. Just to it see was insane, him, wasn't it? It was just doing his stance yeah. and just like you know, fuck the story. What well, it was a you know, a puppy dies or whatever. Oh, sorry, spoilers. <laughs> Shit. Um, I think and it's he just goes mental. It is, yeah. yeah. Um, so either so yeah, I'm either gonna say John Wick, Bill and Ted's, or The Matrix. Um, <laughs> you have to have some Reeves in there. You've got to have Reeves in there. Um, <laughs> okay. But I'm gonna give wait wait wait. wait so I'm gonna give a sh- can I, can I, can I, just two more. So I'm gonna give a shout out to, to uh, <laughs> Constantine uh, to and two. Speed <laughs> <laughs> and Burgess Journey. If you've got to home, <laughs> seconds always best. Um, <laughs> um, okay, so uh, Get Out was oh, truly. Yeah truly something i really uh, do we watch that together sam or did i just Quite have it there possibly yeah might have been just spiritually present um <laughs> and, uh, there was something else that we watched 12 12 monk no not 12 monkeys 12 oh, angry men shit. 12 angry men thank you mm. uh, and that again just for the dialogue like for me like you can tell from the list i'm kind of more like science fiction or uh like scientific or action there's definitely like an experience in there, but Twelve Angry Men was literally just dialogue that kept me. Yeah, you could watch that on a, on a twelve-inch LCD uh, with exactly. You know, uh, and um, did we did we did that as an episode, didn't we, Hugh? We did, yeah. yeah. Our first black and white film, I think we did. We just you've just got to think about it, or whatever he said. What's, <laughs> what's the famous line in that where he's like, um, where he keeps saying, "Oh, you've just got to think about it," or something. That's remember. so wrong that I can't even <laughs> think. <laughs> on the right quote is yeah, and I don't oh, film backwards. Uh, it's just passable. Oh, I see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. It's that's just the passable. <laughs> yeah, that's it. 
Mm. I've only seen it once. It was a few to months be ago. Fair. <laughs> to be fair. I can't remember everything. <laughs> so, yeah, I think we've got a sense of Baxter there and uh, we'll get a bit more of a sense so, of him today. So, so, what is his fifth film, though? <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm going to do a lot longer than. Uh, oh, shit, did I not so pick one? To find out people's... No, you went for honourable mentions of those and you said you couldn't pick between The Matrix oh, John Wick. Can I just say and... Reeds then? Can I just go. <laughs> just <Keanu>. a medley. <laughs> just a um, 10 minutes of every film he's been in medley. I'll take Why it. not, sure. Yeah, we'll allow it. We'll allow it. Yeah. All right, well, on to but, today's episode. The reason why I was very inconsistent with my volume at the start was we're going to do A Quiet Place. Um, oh, I thought you were doing a tribute to um, Quiet, Quiet, Loud by like, the Pixies <laughs> and Nirvana. Um, you know, 90s very grunge. topical, very topical tribute, that. I like to keep it relevant. Yeah, absolutely, you do. Um, so we are going to look at A Quiet Place today, written by Brian Woods, Scott Beck, and John Krasinski, who also starred in it and directed it along and uh, alongside starring in it was Emily Blunt. And some brilliant children. Um, Baxter, would you like to give us a synopsis, or shall I take that honour? Um, you've got to keep quiet. Uh, <laughs> that's, that's, that's my answer. Are you telling me? Film, so, then, <laughs> yeah, so you're saying you're going to do it. <laughs> I have to keep quiet. No, no, it's okay. You, you, you go for it. Um, okay, I'll, okay. I'll chip in if you miss anything off, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so we are spoilerific, listener. If you've not seen the film, please don't listen to this, and then please watch this, and then please come back to to listen to us. Um, it's a very simple premise uh, that's kind of that's played out through the film, and it's essentially there's seemingly maybe an alien invasion, and the creature, the monster, the alien, they're blind, they can't smell, but they can hear, and so if you make a sound, you die essentially. And we're following a small family out in the uh, out in the wilderness who are basically trying to survive a year or more after this in, you know invasion has happened. Lots of stuff happens. Again, spoilers, people. But this is the first sort of ten minutes of the film. They have three children. One of them makes a sound and gets killed, and then the film a year later kind of deals with that. The woman, the mother, is pregnant, heavily pregnant, and they have to survive and set themselves up in this world in which they're not allowed to make a sound heavily reliant on uh, sign language and very very quiet film uh, all the way through I think that's about right yeah I think you have to mention that the daughter's death hence why they know sign language yeah true I think that's, that does become more and more significant as it, as it goes on so they've got a, a daughter and a son the daughter's death so they all yeah they all speak sign language um, Baxter I'm going to turn to you now I want you to tell us because you really like months ago, you said that this was the film that you wanted to be on the show for. Um, whoa, what do you whoa, like whoa, whoa, about this whoa. film? Did, did I? Did I really say that? Yeah, I've got <laughs> it in my phone. Yeah, I've got a list of films that Hugh needs to watch, and in brackets next to a quiet place, it said Baxter. I don't oh, remember putting it. it there, but it's there. Really so... myself in the foot, didn't I? <laughs> <laughs> so you um... are our guru on this. What's really good about this film? Why do you like it so much? <clears throat> oh God. Um... <laughs> so I, I guess. First and foremost, I, I think I didn't watch a single trailer for this film. Oh, great. Uh, so I was really excited to find out, like, what uh, what it was about. Um, and and I, I knew it was going to be scary, and I think that's probably the thing that got me interested. I don't know what happened in the last three years. <clears throat> Must have been as a PTSD of being a, a teacher at a you know, wonderful state school in London. Um, but I think I just, I just wanted to be scared for like, uh, for like a year or two. And I kept going and seeing all those films. Like, uh, it follows, um, it, fo- yeah, it follows, you got a, uh, what's it? Hereditary. 
Oh, I think we watched the Babadook together. Um, <laughs> yeah. You know, it's it's it, it, it was, was a really it stressful was... place to work. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it was scary, and and I and I, and that's what you sound like soldiers that yeah. go and do like really high adrenaline. Like, you weren't there, man. You weren't spots, there. Like like you jumping off, like base, you know, is it uh, spelunking, <laughs> parachuting, yeah. and you know stuff like that? It's like I need that adrenaline rush. <laughs> you were there. I grew, we grew up in a council estate. I had that plenty of adrenaline rushes. <laughs> <laughs> it's more about the place we were working. Very stressful place. Yeah, yeah. I'm only messing. Yeah. Um, Sorry, go on back to you. Yeah, saying. yeah. So I think <laughs> I think the the fact it was scary is what attracted to me to it at the, at the beginning was the question what I what yeah. I like about it, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. What do you, why would you why do you like this film? Okay, so I think not only did I genuinely feel scared throughout the whole thing, but I I I felt like it just brought me into the film. Like I thought to myself. How do I, how do I get out of this situation? What am I going to do? Uh, you know, what would I do if uh, if I lost uh, my child? Like it, it you know, it, all of these different things. By the way, I, I'm not a parent, but it, I, it was that good. I thought I was pregnant with a child uh, <laughs> myself. <laughs> I was like, what am I going to do in this situation? Um, and there are certain scenes, and I think we'll probably touch on it today, where I was like you know i have no idea what i'm going to do there's this water scene there's the water like the water baby kind of oh, situation and yeah. uh you know and and this terrifying moment where this monster kind of comes reaches up out of the water and 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 no sound whatsoever and i was like okay i mean the baby's gone i don't i'm i'm going for it i'm running away <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah when that when that when the alien thing dips into the water that is one of the creepiest shots i know and you go, well, fuck that for a game of golf. I'm not, it... I'm not going into that water. <laughs> and then when it comes out again, you're like, oh, that's even scarier because it does it so yeah. slowly and quietly. Yeah. And the baby's just making a quick, like, a little <laughs> sound. You're like, damn it, baby. <laughs> Do you um, not understand the situation, baby? <laughs> uh, so, yeah, so I, I can probably talk for too long. So let me just have a little think. So um, I think it's also very difficult when you're doing a science fiction film to, uh, to have, like, a believability to the film. But mm. I believed in all of the characters in not just in like a, you know, I believe in you, dude. But like, <laughs> I thought these these were believable characters. I thought the on-screen chemistry between all of the actors was amazing. Um, yeah. I thought it was innovative as a concept. Um, I thought it, it had so many themes throughout the whole thing. It had like <clears throat> uh, family, uh, loss, grief, uh, difficult decisions to make as, as a parent or as a, um, a leader. Uh, as a leader, yeah, I mean, I think there's one particular part of the film where, and it's it's, it's only a small thing, but um, John Krasinski's character has to basically decide between saving his wife in this very sticky predicament and um, sending his, like, eight-year-old son to, like, run off and, like, fend for himself against the monsters and create a diversion. Yeah. And I was like, that's such a difficult decision. And then, and what happens later is... Like he's back with his wife, and then his son is gone, and it's like this painful realization that maybe he made the wrong decision. Maybe his son is not there, um, <clears throat> and, and I think that away as well. And, they, and the daughter's away, and it's like, well, I've got my wife. I've got a yeah, I've um, I've got a wife. I've got a newborn baby, but you know, I've now lost my two other children. Um, so I thought that was uh, like loads of points where this idea of family and uh, being together, and 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 I guess dealing with such a difficult situation was was like was an amazing thing to be a part of um mm. and i think as yeah. well just de- like the 
as you said, the opening see, uh, scene is losing oh. a child, and it's just heart wrenching. It's one see... of the all time best opening scenes, I mm-hmm. think, mm-hmm. along with uh, Up just as well. <clears throat> yeah, exactly. Yeah, in terms of yeah, exactly. <laughs> you sort of like you've only just met these characters. I mean, oh, yeah. I mean, it's an animated film, but it genuinely makes makes people cry in five minutes. That's an incredible thing to do. Oh, God, yeah. Um, yeah, this the opening scene because it also has to convey a lot of information, doesn't it? Wordlessly. Yeah. Mm. Sorry, I was just drinking a cup of tea. Um, <laughs> absolutely. Um, so, what about you, Sam? Then, why do you like this film? Uh, yeah, I mean, it's that you know, I, I'm a parent, and that's a that's a big part of it. It was a big part of John Krasinski. He was originally sent the script, and he was holding his three week old daughter at the time, and he was not up for horror films at all. He's not really a big fan, uh, but he thought it was a film about parenting. You know, they had, I remember when when my daughter was born, thinking she's sort of now my my greatest uh, source of strength, but also my greatest weakness. You know, this vulnerability, and they're out there, and and all this sort of stuff, and it. We talked last week about uh, uh, the fighter. You know, it's not about boxing. Uh, you know, Jaws is not about sharks. This is not really about the aliens and so on. It, really, it kind of is about parenting and uh, and those decisions and that vulnerability. Um, and I think it's it's really, really, really good at setup and payoff. It's so it's just a real instructional guide on this is how you set something up, even without the audience knowing you're setting it up. And then this is how you pay it off. Everything from uh, earlier in the film, the son, he's sat in the truck and he's mining what how he would release the handbrake of the of the truck because he's kind of ready to do that and then later on he does that um you've got things like even when i watched it again yesterday even the the mother evelyn walking down the steps barefoot uh onto the onto the step that later in the film would have an upturned uh nail everything like that is so well set up and then paid off um yeah and it's it's one of those that clearly has gone through a lot of drafts. The two writers, Brian Woods and the Scott, yeah, Scott Beck, they they worked on it intermittently for a, a little while, and they wrote a script. And then when it was sent to John, John John Krasinski, I was always a bit dubious because he's he's credited as a writer, and I thought is that just because he's a high profile, he's directed it, so he's getting a writing credit because he's made, made some tweaks. I, I read a lot of the script, the original script, and it's very different in a lot of ways. Um, and that script actually only has one line of dialogue, and that's him saying "I love you." in the most moving scene of the film funnily enough that I'm just watching now um, as always uh, you know and he made some changes and, and he's, he's just had such a good input into it and it's so tense that silence is so loud and then when there is a sound something even very small they've turned the volume right up and it just everything hits you very hard I heard stories of people you know kind of I can't remember who I heard see that say they say they they watch the film and then they'd go and wash their hands for whatever reason and they would turn the tap off because it was so loud <laughs> they were they were engaged <laughs> engaged in that in that universe so, so Baxter any, I, any other any other yeah, key yeah. things that you like oh definitely I'll, I'll add a couple more but I have a question um so the the script that you read yeah was it completely um just through that initial script only had the words I love you that that last uh, scene right yeah it's the only spoken words they they do sign yeah so I mean I I think I think from a theoretical perspective that's kind of cool um, that the only dialogue is this last bit at the end but with John Krasinski's edits I mean he has that bit with his son doesn't he where he's you know shouting at the waterfall yeah exactly Mm -hmm. Uh, so I guess does he? Do you say? Do you feel that that? <clears throat> excuse me. Do you feel that, that diminishes anything from the initial script, having that kind of um, additional dialogue and not just having that "I love you." 
It's a really good question because I think it does therefore lose that because he actually doesn't say I love you uh, out loud. He, he signs oh, yeah. it and then, then screams. Um, so it would it, that would be an amazing moment, the first spoken line in the film. But at the same time, what they've really done, what they've really figured out is how to mix it up. You know, 90 minutes is a very short time for a film and it's so crisp and efficient but it's a long time to not have any dialogue at all it's very bold and ambitious and I think it was quite nice having those little moments we're talking about 12 Angry Men mm. what 12 Angry Men does is it has a kind of big argument revelation then a lull for a, for a couple of minutes then they start up on another piece of evidence and it's really good at that you know it finds little avenues um, for them to have little conversations on, fr- from a script point of view as well so I'm, I'm not a writer I'm somebody who reads a lot about script writing but never really writes them um, and it was just really fascinating again I've mentioned it a couple of times already uh, Q&A with Jeff Goldsmith he had the two writers on the two original writers uh, for an interview it's fascinating hearing about their script and that's one of the reasons why I read it because they have uh, they've got to jazz it up because they know that it's not something that ex- Hollywood executives and people who would be pitched to like read they don't like reading directions they like dialogue and it's it is it's about it's almost 70 pages and and if you don't know a, a script a screenplay is supposed to be a minute a page um so it's almost 70 pages so it'd be a very short film and what they did was they just mixed it up so there's there's one word sorry there's one page where just the word snap appears and sometimes the words are written really small, sometimes they're really big. Sometimes they've got handwritten um, text in there if it's saying that so-and-so is looking at a notepad and it's something written there. They even have a picture of the board game that they're playing, like a photo. Uh, so it's a really innovative script just to read as a screenplay. Uh, really, really yeah. fascinating because you're sort of told these are the rules, you have to use final draft, you have to write in this you know, in this font, all this sort of stuff. You've got to use italics in that scenario and cap- capital letters there. And actually, you know what? You go, fuck it. Actually, you don't. As long as you're communicating the story, you can write it however you want. And it's a spec script. They're not writing it for, for any money. You know, They're not writing it on commission. They're just writing it speculatively. And then, then they sell it and make a heck of a lot of money. Yeah. Uh, sounds interesting. So, right. so, so, Sam, why do you think I would like this film? Oh, sorry, or guys. Before, before we to... move on. Um, oh, yeah. So, I think the, the main thing that I would say which you kind of spoke about as well as it's uh is that for me the the film itself was just this crazy experience of suspense um mm, and i think that's yeah. probably the thing that i remember taking away from it like leaving the cinema much the same as with um but for a very different reason like like with dunkirk you you come away feeling like you've experienced something like really uh different really scary really um yeah suspenseful and i think they do that <clears throat> predominantly through the use of the sound and the absence of sound and i think that is something again i think later on i'll probably talk about it but the the way that john krasinski uses sound in this film is just superb so in his first the first two cuts that they made of it they did without sound because they wanted you to be able to watch this film without sound and, and it would still work, which I'm, I am experiencing now watching it just with subtitles and no sound. Um, <laughs> but yeah, you're right, really good use of sound. Whenever it cuts to, I think, um, the daughter, gosh, I've got the name, Megan, um, the sound cuts out. Whenever it's from her point of view, the sound cuts out, even little you know, little crackles and, and foot, footfalls and so on, just to give her that perspective. Mm. And what, in terms of the suspense and the tension, it's so expert at ramping up he goes well this is a really bad situation she's got to give birth in this situation how could we make this fucking ten times worse uh, and the way they do that is they you know they have her stand on a nail 
they have it be a really painful labour and they have it that the husband and the uh, son are not there. You know, they just make it as bad as it can be every single time. So, like I said, they're just really good at building that tension. In terms of what Hugh might like then, I think what we need to do really is establish Hugh's taste. I know, Baxter, you you were a bit unsure as to whether or not you think Hugh would like it. Yeah, I mean, I've only, I haven't watched all of the, the podcasts, but I remember watching a couple of the early, uh, listening, sorry, listening to a couple of the earlier ones and just being shocked a couple of times with some of Hugh's responses. Um, yeah, we, we really love Place Beyond the Pines <laughs> and uh, Hugh was not a fan. In fact, <laughs> that was the last podcast I listened to. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that how much I put you off? <laughs> I was, yeah, I was just a little bit shocked. Everyone's allowed their own tastes, but I guess... I need to I need to get like a, a little bit deeper, find out exactly like what it is that you um let me just think for a second. Okay, yeah. So for example, like I go to the cinema because I I want that full experience, that kind of immersive experience. Uh why do you go to the cinema? Or how do, how do you um, go to the cinema? Do you How do I go to the cinema? Yeah, well, I mean I I, yeah, I walk in, I uh, get a ticket. <laughs> <laughs> As in, know, let me let um, me elaborate. So so are you a popcorn man? Are you are you like oh yeah, this is so exciting, my little kid. You or are you <clears throat> do you have the do you have your critic uh, critic face on? Like you do you go to the cinema like to to critique no it? pad and pen. You know pe- yeah exactly. So, uh, the cinematography is off on this stage. This the sound. He wears one of those uh, fedoras <laughs> with a press. <laughs> <laughs> I run to the phones and go, we gotta make, you gotta hold the front page. <laughs> Um, so for me it's a blend of kind of two things it's sort of films that you know or genres of films that I liked when I was young um, you know you're very impressionable when you're young like you mentioned The Matrix earlier that was one of my favourite all time action films mm-hmm. um, so like that's a great film by my estimation because I saw it when I was in an impressionable age um, and then I've also got that kind of critical side as well um, which you know I will I, I, I probably wouldn't go I tend to only go to the cinema to see like bigger budget films to be honest um, but my general taste is I like a good story I like it to work within its own sort of rules that it sets up you know I get a bit annoyed at inconsistencies in certain films or you know like when they set a big premise up and then they don't adhere to it that can that can get under my skin sometimes um, what else do I like I, I like visual I like visual spectacularness that's not a word like visual spectacular I like to see something like that a visual spectacular on the big screen yeah. um, you know I, I love go- yeah spectacle thank you um, I like that kind of aspect of things I like to see Marvel films quite frankly they're very good um, Nolan films are always very good wait on a second screen. wait a second Marvel Marvel's on your list okay respect what do you mean in, well, I just, that surprised me that was so one of the um, one of the things I was nervous about when I had my five um What's it called? Five uh, desert, I- not desert uh, quarantine yeah. ones. Yeah. I was thinking, oh no, quarantine you, island. You said uh, <laughs> I, I was missing comedy, and I immediately thought of Guardians of the Galaxy and Four Ragnarok, and I was thinking to myself, oh, well, yeah. I should say it, and I was like, oh god, no, you will, you will <laughs> to me. No, no, not at all. No, I think I think Guardians and Thor. I think Thor's brilliant. That film's hilarious, and that's what heroes do. Boom, <laughs> <laughs> drop the mic. Um, okay, yeah. so what? And in terms Good of help blockbusters, <laughs> what what other blockbusters are you talking? the you know avatar style like the the, the star one. wars is in yeah i like star wars uh, sam's not a fan i've bond tried my damnedest yeah bond to get sam to like some star no but wars I, I think i don't know what's wrong with that i think he was just channeling his his i think was this pre or post uh the place beyond the pines 
Oh, this pre. is the first episode. It's first the first episode. I think this is why Hugh didn't like the films that I like. Actually, I think this is a long, no, it's a long not running that vendetta. At all. It's not that at all. <laughs> I think, like I said, everyone's entitled to their opinions. Were they, they? The, some things do it for you, and some don't. Were they the original yeah. Star Wars films? We watched Empire Strikes Back for the first. Uh, for okay, because oh. I've never seen it. You know what? No, you yeah. can't do. So number one, he has to watch A New Hope before he sees it. Oh, no, I've seen that. that yeah, you've seen it. Yeah. But the I other thing is, something it's the big reveal. Like he already knows what the big reveal is because it's 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 in every single movie trope that you can imagine. Yeah, so for Sam, like, I was. I, I, you know, to be honest with you, Baxter, I was just trying to get to imbue in him because I thought he'd seen it. I just, you know, I've known Sam uh, as I've mentioned here since he was nine years old. So I. I kind of we. I just grew up thinking that he'd already seen it, at the, or even by that point. So I think I saw it when I was about nine, so about maybe a year before him. And so I just assumed that he had also seen it. So I never asked him if he liked Star Wars, and he never really mentioned it. As so for I the just, reveal, though, I feel like yeah. a film should stand still stand up if you know the twist. Otherwise, it's an M Night Shyamalan film, and it's that shit. is a fair <laughs> point, isn't it? Yeah. But anyway, <laughs> but yes. So so my tip. So to, to, to distill it into a quick sentence, my taste generally tends to be, I like, I do enjoy spectacle, I enjoy uh, good, strong narrative and innovative um, storytelling techniques and ideas and things like that. You know, you mentioned Primer. I really wish I'd seen this film now and I wish I'd seen it like 10, 15 years ago because it sounds, from what I get, it sounds like an excellent film that's really We'll get well back to back for that. Yeah, I yeah we, we should, it doesn't actually. matter. Like, I, I think it looks, even when we watched it, it looks so old school. It's not. It's yeah. not going to make a difference that it's twenty years later. It it looked like yeah. it was forty years old anyway. <laughs> and like, yeah. when you, said, you know, when you said Memento, I was like, oh my gosh, I'd forgotten about Memento. As you know, it's such an amazingly well-made film. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I can. I, I, the only genre that I'm not the biggest fan of, and one of the reasons we set this podcast up was horror. Okay, I'd yeah. kind of been avoiding it for a number of years because yeah, we've done a few now, haven't we? We've done yeah, what we did with Shadows, Midsummer, Shining, maybe one or two more. Yeah, to really get yeah. you to watch them. Is there any? Have you come around on horror? Has it? Change your we will opinion well, well. I mean, I not, not this, not this film, obviously, but you know, ha- mm. have your taste changed at all since we started this podcast? I think we'll get into that when we get into the next part of this. Of the, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, and do you have a do you have a top horror film at, at the moment anyway? If you had um, to pick one, well, of the horror films, well, in fact, again, as I'll mention it when we get into the next bit because I think it's more relevant to that part. To be okay. honest. That's it, yeah. So in terms yeah. of what Hugh might not like, then I think there is a little bit of a cliche to the to the oh, there's a pregnant woman in this sort of scenario, and there always is in a kind of survival post-apocalyptic film. But at the same time, I, I did think I thought that's a bit cliche. But I also thought, well, a pregnant woman would be the one who would be most vulnerable, or one of the most vulnerable kind of difficult situations in this kind of scenario, this kind of world. Um, so therefore we should focus on them it wouldn't make sense for this film to be based on some ex-marines who were all just fine and had no dependents <laughs> who had, you know, had loads of guns and, and, a, and a bunker it is more interesting to see that I think the other one that was that was most possibly frustrating that might annoy Hugh is that the alien creature's uh, strength is inconsistent you know, they, he just busts out of that silo distillery thing um, like, like it was nothing but then can't get through the car Roof, mm. you know the roof of the truck. Can you think of any other reasons, Baxter, why Hugh might not like it, or any reasons why you don't like it? Can you yeah. see any, any big flaws with it? Yeah, so I'm I'm a little, a little bit worried now, having heard his his re- reasons why he likes films in terms of consistency and good narrative, um, <laughs> because the one that uh, so I guess there were two for me, uh, and maybe one of them Hugh uh, didn't like as well. Uh, I just thought so. The film is short anyway, and 
in some ways that's quite you know one of its merits that it, it's this amazing story told in a short time but there was something just too quick about the ending like it it all um oh, very sudden yeah it all kind of just uh right right at the end with the um the kind of the reveal of the basement and all the work that he's been putting in um and possibly um like possibly uh, there was also an element of like maybe it's a little bit too corny right at the right at the end you know with mm. the and I, I know it's like building it up but the i think i didn't like the the music choice um of this this scene where the daughter recognizes it's like she's the the hero and i love that as a, oh yeah as a kind of premise you know this uh you know she gets to play the the hero now uh as she's kind of consistently wanted to do through the film but yeah. it's it's it was just a little bit corny the the i'm trying to think of the exact specific thing that happened um so she know, realizes that her implant is uh kind of affecting the the alien yeah yeah and i guess and it kind of links into the fact that the laws around the hearing of and the sound that of the monsters that the, their their ability to do this i just again don't know if if i had been in that situation that i would have made the connection like i know mm. i know that there was i know we see it uh, throughout the yeah. whole film you know there's this crop scene that's again really terrifying because the the daughter what's what's the daughter's name megan megan megan's there looking for her brother and she is she sees the the torch on the on the ground and then in the background with no sound yeah. because it's from her perspective you see the alien come out and is looking and listening and um we see that it's clearly her earpiece that's doing this yeah and she doesn't obviously know what's going on and i know mm. she goes down to this basement but i don't know if i would have made the connection between all this hearing the hearing stuff and the um yeah and and the it, fact that... it is a bit of a leap isn't it i suppose the the aliens in pain while she's in pain and she hears that loud frequency she knows that they rely on sound mm. it is a bit of a leap you're right but it, yeah i don't mean about it being quite a sudden this sudden realization and then the shotgun that bit in all fairness to it they do say that she's quite intelligent they, yeah, they, true. They state the parents make a an overt going. Oh, she's smart. She'll know. She'll go. Yeah. Somewhere, she'll hide somewhere. So, mm. yeah. Actually, strangely yeah. enough, that didn't actually. Yeah, her her realizing of that, um, of that being their weakness didn't actually bother me. To wasn't much of a problem. And I think what what Hugh might not like maybe. Uh, we've sort of I think we've sort of discovered that Hugh, I think prefers kind of neater narratives where I think Hugh might not like the fact that we don't know where these creatures are from and we don't know how it ends mm. there's mystery about where why they're here maybe they're aliens and also there's mystery about the ending they just cock their shotgun Hugh might have liked there to be a more res- resolution yes yeah, so- and obviously the, 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 the sequel was supposed to come out uh, last week uh, or earlier this week you know and that might have <laughs> might have covered some of that yeah I, I definitely um I definitely. So, what was the last thing you said? Sorry, Sam. I just I totally had a mind blank. Uh, so, Hugh might like a neater narrative, like knowing where the aliens come from and knowing how it ended. Yeah, I can. I can definitely agree with that. Um, we'll see. That. So, in a, in a word, do you think Hugh will like this film? Yes or no? Um, 
Yes, yes, because even even though you 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 say that um, that he that he likes things to be neat, I think there's there's just strength in this film that it just throws you into the life of this family. You either feel a part of the family or you try and put yourself in their shoes as to what you would do, and I think that's its strength. I don't think it needs to. I don't think it needs to explain the the mm. the background of the monsters. I think in some ways it's it's almost trusting the audience is clever enough to just understand that this is what's happening yeah. and it's not really a monster film or an alien film it's really a film about family and how you deal with yeah. loss and the situation they're in um and i think maybe if the second one uh if the second one does come out i think so that this is what gave me the mind blank i realized that the second one's release date has actually been postponed because of everything that's happening uh, at yeah. the moment. I think it was due on the 21st, 22nd, so yeah. very, very... We were going to do this last week, actually, or the week before, to to chime in with that, and it you know, didn't quite work out. But yeah, I, we can see that in the trailers, there's Ch- uh, Killian Murphy, I think it is, and, and therefore it's going to be a sequel, but it looks like they're going to start with when the invasion actually happens, so we'll, mm. we'll find out. So as for Hugh's opinion, I, um, I'm not sure... I'm going to say, I'm going to say I, somewhat. I, I reckon he's going to give it a 7 I think out of 10. yes. I think yes. Okay, we'll find out. So, uh, join us after the break, listener. We are going to find out Hugh's views. Hello, and welcome back to Please Watch This. We're finally ready for Hugh's views. Hugh, what did you like about so, this film? So, um, what I liked about A Quiet Place... <laughs> was um i think this film's a very good horror genre flick uh the cinema he loves it yeah uh, <laughs> sorry no no it's fine <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just reading out the notes confirmed what i uh, wrote down earlier just to give you a bit of context yeah. um it's got a good um it's very slick looking uh strong performances from john krasinski uh, emily blunt and from um simmons the young girl i think she was excellent in it um she is amazing i mean the, the other boy yeah. in it i can't remember his name what's the do you know that i've got yeah, no, he's no fine team. in it. He's probably not as good. As, he's, his character's probably not as well written as his sisters. So he's maybe in the quiet place too. He's a bit more of the star of the film. Who knows? Um, I mean, yeah. the, the standout thing about this film is its amazing use of sound. As you mentioned earlier, Baxter, it is so well sculpted in this film because it never you never get a jarring moment where it goes from um, diegetic sound to silence. You know, when so you hear the world around it, and obviously, then you go into um, Megan's point of view, and then there's no sound, mm. and that was yeah, and it, it was really rocks. well handled. I really enjoyed that because that could have been very jarring, and it could have been very like in a bad way, not in a kind of a way to build anticipation or in a you can you can mess that up easily I think and I think they did a very good job with that. Yeah. Um, so uh, yeah, you've got to give them credit to that. Um, as you've, you know, I'm just going to go through a few things you've already mentioned. Um, it's Sam said it's you know a bit like we were saying, a bit like Jaws. You know, the, the film's not really about the shark. It's about you know it's about the family dynamic and these people trying to survive this impossible situation. Essentially, um, what else did I have down here? Um, yeah, it's good cinematography. You know, it's using its um, location to the to its um, best of its ability. It's, you know, clearly shot in the autumn time. Um, yeah, it's beautifully rustic and all that, isn't it? If it wasn't so horrifying, the context. Yeah, the, I mean, the there, farmhouse looks gorgeous, doesn't it? Um, yeah, 
prime real estate. I imagine they got it uh, yeah. quite cheap, <laughs> given the given the situation at the time in the housing market. <laughs> Everyone's dead. Yeah, I think they might have got it for um, zero dollars. Yeah, <laughs> with a zero percent yeah, interest. Yeah. I mean, it's quite interesting yeah, yeah. that you do see that there are other people still alive in a, even in quite a close proximity to where they are. So it's not like they're the only mm. survivors. I quite like that touch to the film. Um, oftentimes, yeah. these can be like we're the only living people in a thousand miles, and it's like, yeah, but you're probably not, though, are you? Yeah, where the, where the job is to try and f- get to other people if it's a zombie yeah. apocalypse or whatever. Um, yeah, yeah. So I never watched The American Office. So for me, I really liked John Krasinski in this because I didn't have a reference point to who he was. Because I never, I knew he was. Is he right? Not Dwight. What's his character called? Jim. He, Jim. Does Tim, he, Jim. He plays Tim. A Tim so character. is he Martin Freeman's character? Yeah, Tim. Yeah. 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 So he plays Jim. Uh, right. The American version so, of Tim. Yeah, right. I only kind of knew him through screenshots, little clips, and things like that. Um, for me, he. You know, I can see why people have gone, oh, because he kind of had a, a Brian Cranston moment. He spent years of his life playing this, like, cavuncular, comedic character. But then as soon as he was <laughs> given the opportunity to get his teeth into a really great acting piece, he really acts the shit out of this film. <laughs> It really does. And he's got a lot of similar beats to Jim, actually, on The Office, like you say. You've not really seen it, but, um, you know, his relationship with Pam, the sort of dawn of, of the piece, it, there's a real love there. And I think he's very good at showing that in, in this as well, has a lot of those same beats. And actually leads us nicely to, I'll, obviously, you've got lots more to say, but I'll just very quickly segue into this. Uh, Kieran, I hated the fighter West, <laughs> um, uh, said that he, he loved it, this film, and he's the biggest fan of The Office in the world but he didn't once think of Jim Halpert mm. during this which is real testament because he's not been in many things John, John Krasinski uh, so yeah I thought I'd drop he's that a kind of an there. actor he, who I could say oh he's the guy who could replace kind of Tom Hanks in that everyman kind of role because he's not you know he's, he's not a bad looking guy but he's not like strikingly good looking do you know what I mean he's not like somebody you go oh my god how could this guy ever be in a situation like this he's like yeah you could imagine a guy living on a farm or working in an office or yeah I don't mean by that because he is he is sort of a bit of a pin up for some people but he's not uh, yeah he's not chiselled yeah like he's got that, that you know, uh, so and stuff. I think every he's generation just, he's very likeable isn't he yeah sorry he, he's very likeable yeah. yeah oh yeah yeah so every generation kind of gets an actor like that and honest and to find out that he then directed this I really genuinely do hope he goes on to make better films and good films and a different genre type yeah. of films um, yeah it's always nice to see somebody move from TV to film like that quite frankly um, and it to be successful yeah. ultimately well that's it because he could just be seen as Jim yeah. his whole life now all that said I've, I've got some oh, bad news for you lads no, I, it's like not it. that I didn't like it. I think the film's very well made. I didn't buy into the premise. I couldn't suspend. Oh, Do you know we were bullshit. saying earlier? You were asking me things that I look for in films. Um, I f- forgot to mention. I like suspension of disbelief. You know that's why I'm I, I'm a bit like yourself, Baxter. I really like sci-fi films like that because if it's done right, you can suspend your disbelief that these things are happening. Where with this, mm. there was it's. It's a good concept and it was well executed, but there's so many inconsistencies with it, and there's some stupid shit in this film. She has a baby in like twenty minutes. I'm sorry, but you know, like, so what? What is the sound threshold? So they have to have, they walk on sand to to cover their footsteps, but 
then these monsters, it gives you an example of how good their hearing is. They have their little uh, egg timer, doesn't it? Um, which she uses to distract the monster in the basement. And he can hear that like it's, you know, really, really loud. So if he can hear that, he could probably hear a breathe. Like maybe, you know, I think we say, don't we sometimes, you know, you can pick holes in a film till the end of the day and then you realise there's just no point in making any film. Where with this, yeah, I agree that it builds the tension really well um, in some scenes. But it just I just couldn't buy into the concept because... It just didn't make... Sometimes it just didn't make sense. Like, so, at the, that bit at the beginning with the little kids and the batteries and the the uh, space, the rocket, you know, the... Uh, you're like, oh, the, you know, you could tell, like, as, you know, if you've not seen it before, you could tell something bad was about to happen. And, like, that that bit is shocking. Like, that is that is incredible. I'm not going to pretend that bit isn't good. Because you just... I actually, you know, he was saying back to early, you go back and rewind stuff. I actually went back and rewound it because it was because I was like, did that right. just did they just kill a four year old child on screen? You know, that's, <laughs> yeah. in the first yeah, fucking scene, I was scene. so surprised. <laughs> yeah. And then my brain kicked in and went, so he could hear a rocket that was making quite a lot of noise, but as soon as he jumped and killed the kid, he didn't just immediately turn around and jump on the man who was running towards him because when you're running, you're making. And more noise than they've already established is loud. If that, I think what they've also established though is if there's a loud. Well, noise, at that point in the film, they, they haven't established that. Noise. It's only afterwards, isn't it, that they establish that kind of convention in the film. Um, but I think hmm. they they do also show that the alien or monster is is focusing in. So I know the hearing is amazing, but it yeah, is, it's yeah. always having to focus in on that sound. So it, it has to remove their armor from its head. Yeah, and, and then... there's layers to, to to how it works. And I think I meant to develop the point um, earlier, actually, about the laws of the sound and the hearing of the monsters, um, because it's 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 subtle, but it is there. Like you do you do see that it's not just that they can hear everything. It's not like a daredevil esque like sonar or bat yeah, response. Because then everybody would die. Immediately. Exactly. Um, whereas there's, I think it's, there's room for it to, um, for someone to get away if there's a louder noise outside or just if per chance the monster's not focusing in on that particular location. Yeah. Okay. Well, I can buy that. You know, you've explained it. I, yeah, that's fine. I can, the next problem I had with it is, so the, these things obviously have such great sound, but then, well, there you go. If they've got such great, sorry, not sound. <laughs> they've got such great hearing and <laughs> hearing. and they can hear like a woman drop a picture frame in a basement and be there within a mi- less than a minute of her doing it. Then they're clearly able to hear everything around them because they're able to pick out loud noises like we are. Like we can hear everything around us. But if a siren it, goes past, I, I don't mean by you that. can so, hear it. So if somebody, if they're, if they're near you, they should be yeah. able to hear your heartbeat because if they're far away, they can hear you drop something. Yeah. Uh, I think that makes sense as a criticism. It is it is inconsistent yeah. in that sense. I think it's more. Yeah, um, no, I think and then the enough. next criticism builds upon that is obviously what? How many feet away is John Krasinski from um, Bo, the bit the the small child? He's what maybe less than a hundred feet away from him, and the monsters yeah. obviously can move at some pace. That's they're they're sca- I mean, like don't get me wrong, they are scary looking monsters, aren't they? 
Do you know what I mean? These things yeah. are terrifying and they move at such rapid pace. Um, so it's easy that he could be maybe 500 metres away and or, well, maybe not 500, but maybe 400 metres away and get to him. But there would have to be millions of these things. The way everyone reacts, they would literally be everywhere and you'd be bumping into them every five minutes because they'd be just... Because to, to be able to cover such vast distances so quickly, to, to be able to pick out a sound, they'd have to be everywhere. And it establishes that there's like maybe three in the area. So even being generous, maybe I'd tend to that, you know. And I just never, I, yeah, I just couldn't, I'm really disappointed because I really wanted to enjoy this film because I'd heard such great things about it when I first saw it. Was that in your head from yeah, the it, scene or was that, did that slowly no, I kind of was like, oh, well... For the for this to be a, to be such a deadly sort of foe, they would have to be everywhere to be able to cover the distances so quickly, and that's yeah. I just I never I could never it, it struck me immediately that they'd have to be everywhere. But I'm I'm not really sure I understand why that has to be the case, especially from that opening scene. Because why why couldn't the because the monsters just have been well? Think about it for them that. to be. So for them to be so afraid of making any noise above a certain decibel level because of how amazing these things hearing are, these creatures or aliens would have to be, they would have to, I don't know, you'd put, put that in like a grid situation. You know, they'd have to be like maybe 100 metres apart from each other to be able to get to that to next noise within the time frame that they're able to, to make it to the... Um, the source of the sound there's just they're too inconsistent with their movement do you know do you remember in jurassic park at the end where the um, t-rex sneaks <laughs> into the the center yeah yeah uh, yeah despite the fact that they made mini yeah with this it's, well they would logically they would have to be millions of them to be able to cover the ground so quickly they can they're just obviously it's a film and that's why i said it was a good genre flick because a good genre flick makes you think that the danger is always present and always there yeah i I just never bought into the fact that these things could come down from space and kill everybody and do such a great job when i mean they've they're clearly you know it says armor and you know she blows its head off with a shotgun when it opens its head up i also think somebody in the military would have figured that sound thing out way before a 10 year old girl would have figured it out you know they would have noticed that quite soon i think um it just make, i mean it, i think it's interesting you bring up the sort of military because i don't know what the sequel's going to be like but i would watch this film lots of different times from lots of different perspectives because yeah there's people who would live in bunkers and be fine and yeah uh, and that sort of thing but but, but yeah. that said like all that said i do love the like the family dynamic of it you know it's you know she says to him you know you've got to protect our children do you know <laughs> that kind of way and then on yeah yeah again a bit of a setup for the I liked it on. <laughs> I watched the cinema scenes afterwards and they sh- you know they do the little like comedy bit at the end and she's like promise me you'll protect our children and they cut in with the bit from Team America where he goes I promise I'll never die <laughs> and that kind of was like <laughs> yeah that's, the, that's a yeah I really wanted to like this film is this symptomatic of the fact that you've watched no, it? No, I, I watched it afterwards. I, I watched it, I kind of was kind of like, oh, I wonder what cinema's, you know, because it can be a bit tongue-in-cheek, it's very tongue-in-cheek as well. And it, Yeah, I think I like cinema sins for yeah, films I don't like. But when I watch a film as I do like, I'm like, oh, they just It didn't just elaborate on anything yeah. that I didn't already think myself, which was good because it meant that yeah. they were glaringly obvious. So, Baxter, what do you think of Hugh's opinion there? Uh, just... Uh... 
just don't even know what to say. <laughs> Do you think you can't feel joy? Do you think that's the problem? I, I, I've wondered what, what happened to his his horror soul. <laughs> um, I so I so I'll I'll try and counter as many of them as possible, but. Um, Oh, so I think for the, listen, for the listeners, a bit of dialectics yeah. coming up. <laughs> there we go. So I think for the in the for the army response, I I definitely, I definitely agree that there may be people within the government or somewhere that have also found um, like similar solutions, but we don't know number one like just how effective this is. You know, they're making a sequel, so I mean, they don't just go on a rampage and just kill all of the monsters with ease. So. Even if someone was to find out that they have this weakness, it doesn't mean that, you know, with, with the lack of communication, it doesn't mean that you can just widespread tell everybody. Uh, and I think as well, with the, the whole gung-ho American, you know, let's bomb them, let's throw our machine guns at them, I'm pretty sure that... They would do that for 10 years they, first. Well, I think they, they don't need... <laughs> depending on how many there are, as you said, we don't know these facts, but, you know, their, their initial attempts will probably be, let's just keep throwing more power at them, and then, you know, yeah, maybe, yeah. maybe only two months in... You know the the whole of the the, the government is is uh, you know disseminated. The the army's probably broken down, and when you lack that communication between things, I think then you only start getting factions. You don't have this big organized group, and then from there things just deteriorate. But I think at the beginning, depending on how powerful these things are, I think that the majority of the army would just collapse because it's all about machine guns and and. You know, hardcore, very loud, loud things. things. Exactly. That's, yeah, that's the word I was looking for. I don't know. Baxter, like, can it jump ten thousand feet in the air? You know, or five thousand feet in the air and destroy an Apache helicopter? I doubt it. You know that kind of way. It, they, they, they seem strong enough to be able to kill an individual human. I'm with you, but every Apache helicopter has to land at some point. True, but you know, yeah. And also, also maybe they have solved it further down the country or, or whatever. You know, this is hmm. they're quite remote. There's no there's no guarantee that they are up with the most recent developments and events. Exactly. Yeah, I can, I mean, I can t- entirely buy that premise that yeah, these are kind of in and out. You know, they're in a remote area, and then unfortunately, they're kind of like that off. guy who. Uh, that Japanese soldier who was fighting the Second World War until the seventies because he was on an island and he didn't realise <laughs> that the Second World War had finished. Yes. Yeah, yeah. You heard about this? <laughs> <laughs> that sort of that sort of thing. Yeah. yeah, and I can I can entirely agree that that could be a potential situation. I just I just don't buy the premise of this. But I like the premise, but I don't I don't I can't suspend my disbelief for it. For so that that yeah, it really shocked me when you when you turned that around. I mean, well well played for if they, for doing that. <laughs> if they said suspected in the area forty, it, would that change everything? No, because the the, the way they operate, there'd have to be millions of the things. There would literally be millions upon millions of them because they to cover the ground that they're able to cover in such. Well, presumably there are millions of them in the in the country. Yeah, maybe, but. I don't know, Sam. We don't know how we don't we well, don't really we don't really know how big this area is. Like, it's not clear how much area they're really covering. Like, the walk to the town could just be a fifteen-minute walk, and if you that, know, if even that. if that, because they've got small children, it could be a, yeah, five. Yeah, minutes. and I think that as long as you have enough of them, you know, let's say you've got a, a kilo, you know square kilometer or something, you know, even if you had three. If someone, if you, if you made a loud enough clap or noise, or well, it would have to bang. be three per square kilometer, wouldn't it? At least, yeah, 
And, and maybe it's maybe it's they make very low level sounds regularly, so they hang around mm. that area more. I, mean, I think I think you're right that logistically it is it is a problem, but I think also it has to the film has to give the sense that if you make a noise, they yeah. will be there to kill you. And I think they have to also have the freedom to move around in this film and do things like run through corn and whatever, go to the shops and so on. They've got to have enough freedom to live so they don't all die yeah. in the first five minutes. But they also have to have that limitation that, you know, that if you drop something, they could... I mean, you know, quite early on, they, they smash a lantern and actually yeah. nothing comes. So so they weren't there then, mm. you know what I mean? So there is an inconsistent... There is a logical inconsistent... Well, there is a logical consistency actually, there where maybe they weren't... I actually quite liked that bit because it, they didn't come... Um, yeah, because I was like... yeah. Because that's it not a suit. Because yeah, maybe when he's playing that, for them to attack, and you know, they... that's right. When he's playing, when he's playing that rocket, they just happen yeah. To be I mean, you, but this is it. Exactly. You're having to do that's mental fine, gymnastics to to justify its, um, you know, what's happening. Well, I, n- I never, but that was because that was a year pr- prior, so maybe Perhaps, there were more in the area. But again, you're making ago. you're yeah, making so excuses for it, aren't you? But I'm only well. I'm making excuses, or I'm kind of just like the fact that you're having to keep. I'm not, having, I'm not having to change. I'm not having to change the rules of the. Film. Yeah, but you're having to add in extra things that the film doesn't show in order to to make you come to these conclusions. So you, the film has only shown your. I mean, yeah, a good film makes you ask more questions than it gives answers. Sometimes, you know, is that is that what the director wanted us to think? I don't know. <laughs> but did you did you like the fact that it was ambiguous? I'll start with Baxter. Actually, Baxter, did you like that ambiguity, or would you rather the film was? it showed the invasion that it showed them destroying no them. absolutely not I, I think it was great that they thrust us into the situation yeah without yeah. giving us oh yeah that's, that's it's the How about you? Yeah, yeah I mean for for all the things I've said about it the the execution in this film is brilliant I'm not going to pretend that well the, the the filmmaking process is brilliant in this and you know John Krasinski's made a very good film it's just not consistent to itself and that's where I was disappointed do you think is it a, is it a brilliant film with a couple um, of no, no, I don't think it is. I think the premise is fundamentally flawed. In that, in what way? The aliens that are there or the creatures that are there aren't. They're they're beatable. They're not. They're not in these impossible murder machines that the humanity couldn't overcome based on the numbers that we see. Now, if they give you more detail, yeah. Don't get me wrong. If they millions of them turned up, mil, maybe billions of people would die. But I think we would. There's no. They don't show enough of the the monsters to show why they're so. No, I just, I just, there's a, I just. There's a uh, sorry, Baxter. Yeah, yeah I, I, I think I just don't think they need to because. As as we've established, right? It's not a film about yeah, it's a horror film, monsters. isn't it? Rather it's a film. than a sci-fi film. But it's not. Yeah, but, but it's not. A, but it's not yeah, about true. the monsters. It's about the family. Yeah. And so, I think that maybe the sequel can start to explore stuff at the beginning and how it happened. Maybe it can explore the fact that there's already a sanctuary because part of the government or part of the army has already set up some place in Canada or wherever it is. You know. And or maybe it's a government uh, experiment gone wrong, which is the other cliche. Isn't it? Mm. It's either aliens or a government. Exactly. <laughs> but it, I think I think in this movie, it's it's not. You're not looking at this and thinking. Well, I mean, I definitely didn't question. Okay, how many are there in this this section of the town? You know, how many are here? Like I, those questions were not the things that I was asking. So I was thinking, I how you, the fuck yeah. do I get out of this situation? Yeah. Yeah. We can just I ask you then, into it immediately. Um, how she has a baby in like twenty minutes. Or ten minutes. 
I mean, that was a good point. That's annoying. Yeah. Like that is a you know we were in the we were in the yeah. hospital for three days. It's a film. It's a film. No, thing. it's, it's not. not the first film to do it. You know, she, her waters break and then immediately there's a puddle on the floor. A lot of women's waters don't break until they're actually basically given birth. You know, it's not. It's not. Oh, my waters are broken. I must therefore be going to labour. A lot of them, sometimes they need to have their waters broken. Do you want to know what I said out loud to myself um, when? Um, she gave when she was with the baby in the shower I went oh, I said oh no fuck this film yeah it, that's that's really <laughs> when it lost me was when she had the baby in like seconds yeah but I mean that's you know every, every film does this and actually but this film yeah, attempts to every be film does this really. better and that's where I was disappointed where it would have been more interesting if he'd found her and she's I thought oh she's going to be giving she's going to be in labour now he's going to get her into that little sanctuary she's going to scream her little head off and then he's going to cut to like the next day and she's had the baby you know he's going to give a natural and that's that's a tricky one because I think for the sake of the film's drama it's way more exciting to see this woman give birth completely silently grimacing while the while the monster's right there your your realistic take is, is more realistic but for the sake of just how shit their situation can be I'm fine to let let it off that like I say even though I know that it takes days most of the time yeah so that was the they're the issues that I had with it um, and I couldn't suspend I'm sorry mm. lads I wish I really wanted to like it because I'd heard such good things about it and I don't hate it but I won't be watching the sequel <laughs> quite honestly yeah but this is it oh, I'm, see I, I think that's just that's so poor I think I think oh, sorry. I think you based off <laughs> sorry <laughs> I knew I knew this was going to come out I'm sorry to you um, it's one drink I think the base <laughs> I know you can really tell the difference can't you <laughs> um, I, I just I think that based off all of the great points that you said about it I, I think that maybe I, I genuinely believe if you watch the second film, I think you'll hate the second film, but it will redeem parts of the first film. Potentially, that's what I'm hoping. That's a very good point. That's, and I think it's worth. I'm it. not going to watch it based off. Ev- yeah, uh, look, there's a there's a there's a famous saying in, uh, or at least a, a tip from Blake Snyder in Save the Cat, a screenwriting manual, which is always leave the media out of it. Don't get the media involved. Which is basically if you've got a personal story that's interesting in a family don't get the media involved because that's a, that opens up to the whole world and it's a whole thing and I think that's kind of the equivalent here let's not get armies and governments involved because that becomes a different film uh, you know we kind of we're suspending our disbelief or at least we're we're shifting our focus away from practically speaking how would society deal with this monster to just a group of people it's like you know in a in any uh, walking dead sort of zombie apocalypse film we never focus on the government or we rarely focus on the government dealing with things we just focus on a small band of mm. you know banded together misfits a pregnant woman an ex-convict a black guy you know like all the, <laughs> all the cliches you just put those people together and see how they cope mm. in that time you don't really go oh well how is the government coping with this surely the presence in a bunker and this and that and that I think this film does a really good job of just uh, yeah I mean it's the human for, story for good that's the important part of these yeah, premises exactly, yeah. Uh, and yeah definitely like this is probably the most interesting story or one of the most interesting stories you can tell around this premise so even though you hate the film and it's one of your least favourite films of all time, what would be your favourite scene? Um, so I put down my favourite scene. Uh, you can tell I'd really lost it at this point as um, uns- John Krasinski being unceremoniously cut open. Um, yeah. Yeah. It was, yeah. to be fair, it, it's it's well I handled cried. that bit because it just comes out of left field. It's, there's no big build up. There's no like him running about and there being real tension. You see them, you see it from the monster's point of view, and then you see it from his point of view. It's just, it's there. Yeah, he's yeah. actually found them. 
he's found them and they're safe and then it gets shitter <laughs> and it gets, yeah. it gets terrible no yeah back to where would that scene rank for you um i mean it's it's a good part of it i suppose you know it, it's definitely surprised me but it's it's not it's not top what's your sure. favorite scene then back to oh wow the whole film if we had to pin you down, <laughs> <laughs> um, the, so yeah, I'd I'd probably say, gosh, like my life. I got so I think the scare. Can I divide it into scariest scene? Yeah, and most enjoyable oh. scene. Okay, so sure. I think the scariest scene, and and there are definitely a few of them, but this one uh, really surprised me in how much I enjoyed it. Um, was the nail situation yeah and oh, that's gruesome and that's actually because i mean I, i've seen it done time and time again uh the whole foreshadowing of something about to happen yeah and the worst thing is like you know that it's coming like this nail is up it zooms in and it like it zooms yeah. in to the point where they you're all like all barefoot it's like oh well done john krasinski like i know that's gonna come into play again <laughs> but you don't know which one's gonna stand on it you don't know if it's yeah or when yeah yeah, yeah, which is it's the worst possible character in the worst possible it's the situation. It's the Chekhov's gun situation. It's like who's going to use the gun or who's going to exactly, get shot yeah, with yeah. the gun? Yeah, yeah. It, you know, it could have even yeah. been. You, oh well, the creature stands on it and that allows them to kill yeah. it or something. Yeah, you I don't kept know, it, do you? even though I'd seen this before, I kept expecting it to, to stand on the nail at that point. Oh, so, yeah, yeah. so did I. Yeah, <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, even though even though you <laughs> like right in the middle yeah. of the the, uh, the slap, <laughs> awful. Um, and then you kind of plead as well that maybe maybe she'll just skip that time, <laughs> you know, yeah, or yeah, something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so when it yeah, when when she comes down the stairs, you know it's coming. And even though I knew it's coming, uh, I, 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 I remember watching it in the cinema and just everybody, every single pe- person just went, <laughs> 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 just like jumped out of their seat. And then, and then she can't get her foot off it. Like she's oh, actually yeah. got to pull her. Absolute oh, trooper. Yeah. <laughs> favorite lines? It's an odd, odd film for favorite lines. It can be it can be a signed line or it can be a spoken line. So my favorite line was. So that was my favorite line. <laughs> Are yeah, you so, signing it right um, now? The, you know yeah. ASL. No, <laughs> I don't know American. <laughs> yeah, I don't know American sign language. Well, I just assumed you were signing no, it right I was now. I'm doing a room. bit, Sam. <laughs> oh, it's funny. Oh, I see. Um, right, sorry. Yeah, there's, there isn't a standout line. There's just, yeah, maybe the bit where he says in that scene in with the car and the when he goes, you know, he signs "I love you" to his daughter and "I've always loved you." That bit's really good because obviously they have the conversation yeah. um, with his son earlier and saying, "Oh, you have to tell your daughter that you love her" and all that. And interestingly, it was Melissa Simmons' idea to have the second part of that, which That's- was "I've always loved you." Which and it just and it, apparently John Krasinski cried on the set when she suggested that because yeah. it's just perfect. Yeah, yeah and it's um, him knowing what's the right thing to do there. What about you, Sam? Uh, he screamed <laughs> after that. <laughs> as if it counts as a line because it's not him just drawing attention; it's him finally grieving the death, the death of his oh, son and how shit everything is. He's not being able to grieve that out loud, and it's it's really well done. It's because it goes on for a while and it's pained and it's. It's brutal. And, uh, he doesn't. Yeah, you really feel what it. about you, Baxter? Really do you have that. a favourite line? Yeah. Um, I I just want I wanted to keep it light hearted. So, do you, do you remember <laughs> the bit where uh, um, I think she's Emily Blunt's with her uh, Evelyn, sorry, yeah. with her son, and they're doing a little bit of maths yeah. maths lessons, and there's Shakespeare's yeah, yeah. With the teeth sonnet and on the on the outside, yeah, and just her signing for you know, will you will you look after me when I'm old and grey and. Mm. 
and her mm. teeth and I was just like oh that's that's cute and you know it's a wonderful bit of gurning when she's uh, you know when I've lost my teeth yeah. Yeah. I love that and, and yeah, it gives you this yeah, kind of false she's, she's one she's false sense of security that everything's going to be fine much. and yeah so Emily Blunt is bloody fantastic in this um, Baxter you said you had another more enjoyable scene so you've had the scariest yeah a bit what's your more bit, enjoyable bit light hearted I mean and it also um, really shows off the the on-screen chemistry between the two lovebirds uh, in real life, the real-life lovebirds, um, and it's real-life lovebirds. Yeah. Um, it's that bit where they go down to the basement hideout place, and uh, I think Emily Blunt's uh, Evelyn's character, uh, Evelyn's just listening to some uh, music. I can't remember who's it, who it is. Maybe it's like Neil yeah. Diamond or someone. Um, and then the the way that the sound works is like. She removes the earpiece, uh, ear pod from her ears, and then like you can kind of it fades into this gorgeous song. Yeah, so it's Neil Young, Harvest Moon. Yes, beautiful. Song. Yeah, and they just kind of come together, and you can just feel the love between them. You can kind of oh god, I'm getting all soppy, aren't I? Um, <laughs> you can feel the love between them, but it's really like this reprieve that you need in this film, where you kind of just yeah. get this minute of music and normality, and just you know. Uh, kindred spirits kind of coming together and it's it's really nice but you can kind of see on John Krasinski's face as well this like worry this concern you again like this foreboding um sense of I guess grief but also concern for his children his unborn baby and it's and it's just this really wonderful scene um kind of made me want to listen to that over and over again um and you know it's funny we talked earlier about him sort of having elements of Jim from the office there is a scene in the office where Jim uh, is listening to music through earphones and Pam, who's engaged to another guy, so he's got some music and he gives her one of his ear- earphones and they listen to the song together and they're sort of dancing a little bit together and it's a kind of real uh, romantic scene in a way that they have to be denied the romance. Just a funny little uh, funny little symmetry. Something I wonder um, about though with this film yeah. and the premise of it. Like, a how are they suppressing sneezes? <laughs> you, know, <laughs> what if you've got a, you know, if you get a cold, you know, people sometimes can't, you know, involuntary noises that can't be stopped. You know, um, like how do you stop yourself from making weird noises when you're asleep or talking to yourself when you're asleep? Things like that. You know, yes, people talk again. Asleep. Suspend the disbelief because yeah. there are those raccoons that get eaten, um, but they are like beyond newborn raccoon age, so they would have been, they would have died before. Yeah. Then. But I don't think it's stupid. There are some films that are really stupid that have those, what you might call plot holes, really, or inconsistencies. I don't know. You you are right. The things that you're saying are correct. But I think there are films that get it so wrong and make those mistakes, and I see it all the time, or I, I notice it. But this film, I don't know why, but this film made me see past that and not notice yeah. them. Baxter, I assume, you know, it's the same for you, isn't it, Baxter? Like, I'm, I'm assuming you, you agree with some of the flaws that Hugh's finding but is it that Hugh's just a genius that sees these we don't or is it there's, sure, there's a power the film I think there's, de- getting there's, us through there's definitely an element of that like there, you did you did catch me off guard with a couple of the the things you thought of but I guess because I definitely just didn't ask those questions in it I can yeah. I can justify and come up with answers f- for you uh, that I believe still stay within the realms of the the you know the laws the of the film and the premise yeah. Yeah. um but i never i just didn't come across my mind like i think it was the story is told in such a good way that i've never needed to ask those questions because i trusted yeah. that i was being taken on that journey in in 
and 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 I thought it was it was good enough as it is. Um, and there's a, there's a quote we said before was Mark Hamill I think to um, uh, Harrison Ford in a scene he said something like my hair was there but then it's over here now and he said kid if we're, if they're looking at your hair we fucked up <laughs> you know like yeah. it means we're not compelling enough and I think we were probably compelled enough. Can I ask to, you both uh, a question then? Yeah. So with this Sorry. film now it does it do, it is part of the narrative and it's there. Do you think genuinely these two people who seem, you know, they seem very intelligent, you know, she's she's very, she's teaching her son maths, he's managed to make the um, the uh, hearing aid for his daughter, so, you know, they're not, they're not idiots. Yeah. Given that, do you think they would have another child in this scenario? It's a really, it's a really interesting, and I, and I did hate that a bit when I was watching it. Um, hearing the interviews with the writers, I thought, okay, I get it, at least on a thematic level, I get yeah. it. It's basically they want to continue to have a normal life. It's essentially it. So they're, they're, they want to have the, the life they're going to have, they're going to have more children, and they're going to be resourceful enough to get around it. For me, I mean, I you know, underwent a procedure recently that means I probably won't have another child again uh, for on purpose. Um, and that was because it's a bit of a nuisance and expensive. If there were these aliens <laughs> around that could Lily, kill Lily, you if you, you ever watch this, Lily, this is your father <laughs> speaking about you. I mean, I'm glad we had Lily. She's wonderful, but, you know, we were trying to do some colouring in today and she was just singing. Uh, and we kept saying, oh, well, I'm going to have a bit of quiet time now. You know, and she's three. That, that child is going to be a nightmare when it's like a week old. Uh, so, yeah, no, I think thematically I could justify it, but logically I think it's a, it's a stupid thing. But... Yeah, I just back to what did you? Well, I guess yeah. I, I just thought, to be honest with you, it was a mis a mistake. Like I, I, I didn't think that yeah, they it's really had a mistake in necessarily. This scenario, but yeah, and well, it's not. Can... It's not. It was. It was planned. It was planned. It was planned. Um, what this family planned to have uh, another child during the apocalypse? Yeah, yeah. Like I say, it was. It's, <laughs> that makes, it's one of those decisions, that makes uh, it sound dumb now. <laughs> yeah, well, it's 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 a. But again, it's a. It's not metaphorical, but it's thematic rather than this is their logical plan. It's more they wanted to have this normal family life regardless, you know? Yeah. Um, it's hard to relate to that, and it is a stupid thing that could kill them but all. But I, th- I think you can you could uh, also say that it, it maybe it's a coping mechanism for for the loss of their previous child. Like, I we don't... Because that's a, that's we it. never really... You never yeah. really know, because we, we're not going to... Hopefully, none of us go through something like that. But I suppose, yeah, that maybe it's a way that they could continue that is a very good um, point. And, and, and cope with that loss. I mean, uh, and, and I guess... And a lot of people do. Yeah. Like pre-industrial societies um, that have like farming techniques, they um, the birth rate's a lot higher because obviously they need to yeah. Yeah, um, exactly. labour to be able to produce the food and things like that. So um, there is... It's a phenomenon. They would end up having... People would end up having children regardless, in the, especially in this yeah, no, situation. I think, I think... Again, and, and that's why I kind of forgave it for its stupidity. Of... <laughs> yeah, agree. but that's good. That's good because yeah, because so there are there are decisions that characters make that are stupid but make sense in the logic and the theme of the film and, and that sort of thing. Yeah. So yeah, no, I, I did think it was stupid, but I, I understand. Okay. Um, yeah, good. So we've we've heard what we've all got to say. What we're going to do after the break? We're going to have a little break now. We're going to hear um, what the critics thought. We're going to hear Hugh's rating, Baxter's rating, my rating, and we'll have a little quiz i'll also throw in a few uh facts about the film and a few talking points as well so join us after the break and we'll have all of the things i just listed (laughs) 
Hello and welcome back. Now, before we get into the critics and all the normal things, there's a question I've got for y'all. Um, this film obviously stars a, a married couple. Can you think of a better film starring a married couple in the two leads? Were they married before when they did Mr. and Mrs. Smith? Because that's the only film that I could come no. to. <laughs> pre, that was pre-marriage. Yeah, that was, pre- was, oh, that was, that was a fire that, that ignited yeah. the, the passion. I'm trying to think of <laughs> yeah. uh, films where married couples are in them. Uh, knowingly. Oh, Eyes there Wide Shut. Be... Yes, Tom Cruise and Nicole Kidman. That's a better yeah. film than this. Yeah. <laughs> is it? Yeah. Is it though? It is, yeah. <laughs> is it though? Uh, would you like me to answer again, or was twice not sufficient enough for you? <laughs> a third time. Yes, we'll it is. Yeah, there must be lots. There must be lots because sometimes it's so cringeworthy, isn't it, when they're acting together? And you're like, oh, yeah. how how lovely for you to finally work. I together. had forgotten that they were married during this film so I think it added a layer of like authenticity to that scene back to that you were saying where they're dancing mm. listening to the music um, that's good yeah, which is nice because just was. well it leads me to um, one of the one of the bonus questions that was going to be part of the quiz um, <laughs> save it for later <laughs> funnily enough no no it, it hits right now um, funnily enough the uh, these two leads Emily Plum and John Krasinski had co-starred or both appeared in a film before this together Although they didn't share any scenes with each other. Can either of you think what it might be? John Krasinski was in a previous film. I can't even think of any of the films he's been in. <laughs> oh, oh, uh, <laughs> uh, I'm going to just kind of reel some off. Adjustment Bureau. No. That's a good shout there. Um, oh, sorry. No. I think of films Emily Blunt's been in. Um, uh, she's not in... Is it a comedy? Edge of Tomorrow. Oh, she is in Edge of Tomorrow, isn't she? Uh, it is a comedy, it's a comedy. yeah. Um, uh, <laughs> Valentine's Day, uh, Mother's Day, New Year's Eve, <laughs> <laughs> all the holidays. Um, so it's a difficult question with a difficult answer. It's uh, the Muppets, twenty eleven. The Muppets. Oh, they're both okay. in that, <laughs> apparently, according to the internet. I no memory of it. <laughs> <laughs> Since we're getting into the quiz oh, no, section, I won't read all these. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to read out the married couple. You've got to tell me what film we're doing together, Brad. We'll get to that, okay. we'll get to that. You can edit this out if you need to, it's fun. Uh, Brad Pitt and Angelina Mr. Jolie Mr. have appeared in the film during their wedding. Oh, during their wedding? <laughs> what, their wedding video? During, during their marriage. <laughs> um... Is it a porn movie? <laughs> <laughs> can you imagine? Oh, uh, No, it's By the Sea, 2015. Yeah, uh, I'll, I'll skip a few. Oh, Will Arnett and Amy Poehler were in a, were Amy in a film Poole. together. So, something like... Pula, pula, pula. Someone like the uh, house or like um, I'm trying to remember Will Arnett. Sisters, okay. from the house. Um, <laughs> it's from 2007. Christ, Sam. <laughs> is it a is it like a bowling ago, one or something? You know, like a. Oh, it's not that one, but it is a sports comedy. Uh, the Step Brothers one? Oh, no, what was the uh, one they tried? Balls of Fire. Or something? Will Farrell is oh, in. Oh, is it that one about the? Mm. The, um, you were right there. Yeah. The table the... tennis balls of fire, isn't it? Or is it? <laughs> no, it's not table it's tennis. Talladega Nights. It's on ice. It's on ice. Oh, Blades of Glory. Ash. Yeah, Blades yeah. of Glory. Yeah. I'm going to skip quite a few of these because they're not very interesting. <laughs> uh, Dennis Quaid and Meg Ryan. Dennis Quaid and Meg Ryan were married. God, they were in a film called Flash and Bone together. This is not going as interesting. No, as no, I'm, 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 I want to get might. one. Just keep, keep, keep them coming. Oh, Will Smith <laughs> and Jada Pinkett Ooh, Smith. Ah. Uh, I am legend. Cantona. Sorted. No. I am legend. It is. No. She's in. No. Oh, she... She's not in. Um, 
What film did you say? Sorry. I am legend. No, she's not in that. Uh, Wild Wild West, seven pounds. No, <laughs> it's one of these the from two thousand one. From like the mid nineties, I can't remember the name of the film. Focus. It's two thousand one. Oh, oh. Men in Black. Uh, yeah. No, it's a biopic. Oh, Ali. Ah, oh, God. Ali. Yeah. Here's an interesting one. Javier Bardem and Penelope Cruz have starred together in nine films and they were married when they were filmed some of them. Uh, something Kissy <laughs> Barcelona. Can you name? Can you name? Kissy, kissy, kissy yeah. Barcelona one. <laughs> yeah, it was Vicky Cristina Barcelona. Vicky Cristina Barcelona, very good. Uh, Richard Burton, Elizabeth Taylor. Um, Say again. Say that again. What was that? Cleopatra. Richard Burton and Elizabeth Taylor. That, I think they met on that, didn't they? No. Right. They Tiffany's. Oh, God. It's... Who's afraid of. Virginia Woolf. Yeah, nicely done. I'll do one more. Oh, here we go. I really like this one. Emma Thompson and Kenneth Branagh. There is a film that's on the list actually for us to watch. Much Ado About Nothing, very good. And also uh, Dead Again and Peter's Friends. All right, I'll I'll stop there, but there are more. Anyway, can we just mention Sam Lenny Peter's Friends to me, but forgot to put the disc inside the case? (laughs) (laughs) I still own the disc. So whenever he ribs me about forgetting my sister's birthday the first year it was her birthday i'm gonna just keep reminding him about this sorry are these comparable <laughs> things <laughs> anyway uh, so a, a cool fact about this film is the budget was between 17 and 20 million dollars worldwide gross 340 million dollars oh. and the horror genre has a great history of you know really good proportional gains I think Paranormal Activity was less than a million or it was very little and they made you know hundreds of millions Sam, from Sam, that, uh, what did track. the critics think of this film that's my burning question let's hear what the critics thought yeah let's see what the critics thought so what would you think the Metacritic score would be on this film I think 82% 83% what a guess 82% did you see what that before <laughs> was that a guess yeah that was a no. guess yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was, was that a guess? I, w- I was originally going to say 93 and I was just I went with 82 <laughs> such a confident guess that's correct uh, Rotten Tomatoes 95% is that um, audience score or critic so, score that's critics 83% audience score very similar to Metacritic uh, in terms of reviews then I'll, I'll give just one review and one tweet Brian Tallarico from uh, RogerEbert.com uh, who we love gave it 3.5 out of 4 he really liked it he said most of the great horror movies are so because we become actively invested in the fate of the characters and involved in the cinematic exercise playing out before us it is a tight thrill ride of the kind of movie that quickens the heart rate and plays with the expectations of the audience while never treating them like idiots in other words it's a really good horror movie it's, and the it's tweet, runtime is the strength d- of it you, you, you've had your you've had your say now Hugh right <laughs> so, I'm supposed to respond to what the critics say <laughs> in this section I, th- I honestly thought you were going to no I was going <laughs> to give it some more pr- I was going to give praise I was saying yeah the runtime yeah. is a strength of it um, you do care it you do care about the characters I'm not pretending you don't I just well, again some, I just couldn't seem buy into the pants can I can I and then the um, biggest story oh, yeah, sorry, sorry. I, I just think Hugh I think that hmm. maybe just maybe your views on this would be different had you been in the cinema with the you know with a massive yeah. screen the sound or absence of sound blaring at you <laughs> and like it, it's there's something majestic about it. I think Mark Como I, I spoke to you about yeah. this Sam um a couple That's of days right. ago didn't I when I was going for a run and I I decided to listen to one 
just drops in there that he goes oh, yeah, for a you know, got to keep Ladies. Fit. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I was listening to it and I, I, Back to I, I got... Track. <laughs> um, I just got angry because he, he was stealing all of my ideas, you know, Mark Comode. And he was basically saying... From the future. Um, he was basically saying, yeah, that this film, when he went to watch it, Everyone in the cinema was just drawn into the film. Complete silence. Yeah, they were really you know, like rowdy exactly, at first. Before exactly, it started. rowdy at first, and then and you know someone would drop a phone, and then you could visibly hear them say, you know, saying, sorry, audibly hear them say, "I'm sorry," you know. <laughs> but it was the same experience for me. I remember being in the cinema, and like the film started, and nobody from the beginning of the film to the end, made a sound. Like, to the point where there was a guy, like, I heard this guy reach into his popcorn and just stop. Because <laughs> he was like, he was like, shit, <laughs> I can't go. I did hear that some cinemas didn't like it because actually they lost money. They didn't make as much money on popcorn and, and uh, sweets yeah. and so on. Yeah, but I do think when you watch a film at the cinema, you lose about 30% of your criticality, critical function, yeah. like... You know, you don't criticize a film as much, and I've I've watched films recently at the cinema where I love them, but then in reflection, I thought actually it's more of a seven or eight out of ten rather than the ten out of ten that I felt. Yeah, I was I, I was going to say point. yeah, I, I agree with you back. So when you see a film like Sam said, if you see it at the cinema, it does it adds more to it than if you just watch it at home. I went to see War of the Worlds back in two thousand six, I think it was, in the cinema, and I really mm. enjoyed it in the cinema, and then I watched it again at home, and I was just like, yeah, this film's pretty average. But that tension yeah. at the beginning I think was really good. Yeah. So but I can, I can. They're made for the cinema. Yeah. Aren't they? Um, and it was there was this tension in this film. He's like I said, like I said earlier, I think John Krasinski will go on to make better films, and not just inside the horror genre. I'd like Absolutely, to see him make a yeah. real. I'd like to see him make a real thriller. You know, with like, because he have you seen Jack Ryan? I haven't. But is that just him acting? Because he might have just been an actor in that. I want to see his. Yeah, yeah, he's just, he's yeah, just he's clearly a good actor. I mean, I've nothing against. I just, I just can't suspend my disbelief for this concept, and that's my always. But to be fair, back so that's always been my problem with the horror genre. Mm. If it, if I can't suspend my disbelief, I can't. I just find, I just can't enjoy it, into it like everyone yeah. else. Yeah. Let's hear what Let's hear what Stephen fucking King oh, had to yeah. say. About oh. it. Yeah. <laughs> so, well, obviously, he, st- he anything tweeted. Stephen King says is going to be more weight than my opinion. <laughs> <laughs> So let's go with the expert. So um, this was the thing that John Krasinski was most proud of. He said, um, Stephen King tweeted, A Quiet Place is an extraordinary piece of work, terrific acting, but the main thing is the silence and how it makes the camera's uh, eye open wide in a way few movies manage. So you might hate it and think it's one of the worst films ever made. I don't think it's one of the worst films ever made. Loved it. I just didn't enjoy it as much as everyone else. Should we do the quiz before? Oh no, actually ratings. Okay, so those are critics' ratings. Um, Hugh, this one I've gone a bit more kind of um, beyond what you see on the screen. How many constipated yet silent shits <laughs> out of ten would you give this film? Because <laughs> it's got a, I mean, you know. <laughs> yeah. How did he die? He farted on the toilet. <laughs> He went out with the way he came. Uh, yeah, so, how many would you give out of ten? The way you? He came, what? <laughs> oh, it's shitting. <laughs> what? His mum shat him out. That's what babies do. That's what babies yes, do. Sam. Yeah. <laughs> Where were you when your daughter was born? In like a different hospital. <laughs> I heard it can be graphic. You should look it up. Macunium, I think it's called. Yeah, I think look Sam's it up. away that day. So, I showed the video about women giving birth, wasn't he? <laughs> they, they shit. 
Yeah, they but the shit. baby, they don't shit the baby out. <laughs> no, the baby shit. Oh, the baby shit. I heard that's right. a lot of, I just heard that's a lot of, that's a lot of shit in this situation, yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of shit being thrown around, so how many out of ten? Right, so I'm gonna, in, for this, I'm going to rate it in two different categories. I'm going to rate it in its oh, horror right. category, and I'm going to rate it as okay. a film that I liked or didn't like. So as a horror cool. film, it's at least, it's maybe like a seven or an eight, maybe a nine. Right, what's wrong? Right, okay, that's but, good. Uh, but as a film, so your your rating's gonna be a six. Yeah, six is a good score. Yeah, six. Yeah. Baxter, do you see what I'm up I against? Do, I don't know. I would leave if if I I'd just leave this conversation right now. Yeah. But it's okay. It's, uh, I mean, it's every, right. every time I'm recommending a film now, I need a guest just to make myself seem sane. You know, just to. <sighs> Baxter, what rating would you give it? Um, I'd give it nine. I give it nine out of ten. Nine, nine constipated yet sound shit out of ten. <laughs> yeah. I'll yeah. <laughs> give it a solid nine point five. Solid, <laughs> solid yet silent nine point five shit yeah, out of ten. So I, it's you know. Stephanie. I didn't I was I didn't know we could do point five, sorry. That that's Sorry, oh, right, can I change okay, mine yeah. to a nine point two five then? Is that a? <laughs> <laughs> this is why what I don't like the decimal level. system, Sam. Because we start getting <laughs> functional. He's a, he's a maths teacher. <laughs> he knows yeah. more numbers. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I just I have to. So I I there was something that you said earlier, um, Hugh, that when you watch stuff in in the cinema, that it just makes it better. But I I mean there are films I could definitely say there are films that you go into the cinema and you watch them and you're just like, this is this is shit no matter what. Yeah, but... did you ever see The Time Machine? <laughs> God, that was awful. <laughs> you know, but I think this, this film, if you watched it, you would, and as a math teacher, I'm not kidding here, you would double the number of shits that you gave that. <laughs> <laughs> Agreed. Agreed. So should we do the quiz? Let's do the quiz. quiz. Guys, um, is it possible? Quiz. Is it alright if I open a beer? Is that? Yeah. Alright. Of course, okay. yeah, yeah. Open a beer. The listeners love that sort of Satisfying, isn't it? Yeah. Um, just be quiet so, while he slurps it so the whole audience can hear. <laughs> Lean yeah, in. That's a nice, nice. I was oh, like, yeah. that, that's, that's, that's a big job. Excuse me. Might edit that. Sorry, bud. <laughs> yeah. Baxter never allowed that uh, on public demand. Uh, question number one so back to the way this works is Hugh is the newbie to the film so he gets first shot at the question okay. of the answer and then if he doesn't know I'll go to you as our, our sitting expert um, on what day does the film start day number one 49 no what day Baxter is, is it it's day 49 yeah. isn't it after the oh 89 is it uh, 89 no, 49 was... <laughs> no that was wrong yeah 89 anyway question Sorry, two on to, okay. to what day does it then jump it's he is it 472? Oh, well done. Right out of the ballpark. Nice. Question three. What board game are the children playing? The Monop- Monopoly. Monopoly. <laughs> the Monopoly man said bonus... took it from the sisters. <laughs> bonus question. Uh, how did they avoid making sound whilst they played Monopoly? Name one or two ways they avoided making any sound. Oh, do you know what? Because, uh, again, I wasn't... I, I wasn't... I'd kind of checked out you a little bit che- I might have been looking at my phone at that bit fuck yeah. you know this is why I didn't there's like got to be rules set up like a classroom he needs to have his phone away yeah. from the laptop uh, or preferably with a but if the exactly. film is yeah, engaging yeah. enough then I won't pick up my phone 
This is yeah. bollocks. And by the way, um, I'm very much of a rule. If you listen to Kermode and Mayo, I'd, when I go to the cinema, I don't buy popcorn or anything like that because I'm wanting to, in, you know, engross myself in the film. So okay, shoot, that was my question. When I said, "How do you do? How do you do yeah. movies? How do you enjoy I mean, movies?" That's it. That's why I thought, like, is he is he slightly dead inside, <laughs> not taking no. any, <laughs> any popcorn? It's or are you a kid? You stock up. Do you take like Maltesers? <laughs> do you you go you know, screw screw the cinema? You've got, my... you got to eat soft stuff. <laughs> yeah. Cinema, so yeah. you can, yeah, there's nothing worse than somebody like popcorn. Candy it's like floss. the loudest thing for the it cinema. Is the it's worst the, and crisps. Who eats crisps? Food. And the kettle chips. <laughs> fucking <laughs> chips fucking at the cinema. <laughs> <laughs> you know, imagine people Terrible. eating like you said. You saw it, and some guy went to eat his popcorn, and uh, he had to stop because it's actually this would be the, a good <laughs> film for that because people wouldn't. They would not eat their stuff. They'd come out with half a tub of popcorn, wouldn't they? Yeah. I feel yeah. so bad. There was. Uh, so, sorry, do you go? Yeah, go I was going to say I feel so bad. There was. I can't remember which film it was, but I. Uh, you know, my my timekeeping is not necessarily the best, Sam. Um, and <laughs> and I remember getting to the cinema and going and getting like a Chinese takeaway. This was down at the O2 <laughs> uh, Greenwich one, and then I like I got there, and then I was like, oh wait, hold on, oh crap, the film has started already. And I meant, and I don't mean the film time starting. I mean like the twenty minutes after when the trailers have done. So I'm like fucking, I'm like running and go all the way in, and I still have this this massive Chinese takeaway. So I like, I was so good. I kept it in the in the box for ages. But about an hour and what was, I mean, I think it was Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. So this was this was a long time. I didn't have a quarter of the way. Like, yeah, I didn't have any of my sweets, you know, my Maltesers or whatever. So I just had to crack this thing open and I felt so bad because within a second I could hear like, like the, <laughs> the noise. Um, kids, don't do that. It's disrespectful. Yeah, don't. Yeah. don't. I, took, um, I took a subway footlong into Batman vs Superman. Didn't realise that like, every seat was taken. We were, we were you know... Cheek and jowl, and it stunk the place out. But the film stunk it out worse, so I didn't feel bad by the end. That piece yeah, of shit. <laughs> um, question. Oh, wait, wait, wait. I get to ask oh, yeah, the sorry, question, right? So how yeah, did they yeah, make so it quiet? I remember they, how did they the, make it quiet? They used like little uh, kind of cotton balls, but coloured in the, in like they they're coloured cotton balls or like sewing cotton balls or something like some kind of that's right like crafts craft thing, art uh, and craft yeah. stuff. What about the dice? Uh, oh God, um, I don't know actually. Spinning, they rolled it on the carpet. Uh, okay, yeah, I thought, yeah, yeah, okay, that's good, that's true. Yeah, question four. This is a really tricky one, potentially. There's lots of newspaper headlines. Can you name two? Can you recite two or more of the newspaper headlines that we see in this film? I'm not convinced that I got all of them down, but I got a lot uh, of them. The down. only one I can remember is it's sound because, yes, yeah, sound that's very prominent. The New York Times, I think it is, or the something New, like the that, New York Journal, or whatever it's called. Um, I think another one yeah go on that's right yeah they can hear us oh they can hear you (laughs) (laughs) good good team Um, and is the one where it's like something like indestructible something along those lines or there's another line isn't there another headline I can't remember the exact wording so I don't know, I forgot that one down. Uh, Some of those you could have had National Guard Emergency Evacuation Shanghai Death Toll Uh, President leads in prayer in final telecast and alien invasion. Alien. So the writers, when they were writing it, they initially they just said monsters, creatures, and then by the end of the script they were saying alien, which is quite interesting. And question five. 
Very, very difficult to win this one. <laughs> on what date is Evelyn due to give birth? Uh, oh, it's oh, a real pause it's, oh, and you have 20th to... 20th of October. Oh, you're so close, no. Baxter. Go on, Baxter. I th- I th- was that what you were going to say? <laughs> no, I was going to say 29th of October. Ugh, less close, but is still quite close. 21st, 18th, 19th? 20th, 23rd. 23rd, Because I remember it being in the Good third though. week. I was impressed. Of the month. Yeah. yeah, but I, I was very impressed. Damn. So what did we get? Like um, here's an, two, two questions around? I think, let's see. So you got you got that one right second time. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think you got probably about, about three to four. <laughs> as a team, four. Um, there's an additional question here, which I thought... Might be really easy, might be difficult, but it's a, it's an additional question that you really had to pay attention to. Though, to be honest, it's less difficult than the, the date I just gave. What food products are left on the shelves at the grocery store in the opening scene? Loads. <laughs> I don't know, I didn't pay attention to what they were. There was like it, some sweets. And was, there, was there beer on the, on the, in, the, in the store? No. Nope. Of course there was no beer. Well, there might have been. I don't think there was. There's a whole row of crisps. Uh, it's like what we were Makes talking sense. about. Yeah, the noisy, noisy snacks. So I you found did a well way to eat quiz, crisps quite quietly when I was at university. You just put them on yeah. your tongue, clamp them yeah. down, soften them up. But it's just rustle and opening the bag, yeah. isn't it really? They're big problems. So that that is it for A Quiet Place. Uh, Baxter, have you got anything else you want to transmit about it? Um, I mean, kids, some people have opinions we don't always have to listen to their opinions um <laughs> <laughs> we can just outright disregard um, them we can sometimes we can be wrong can't we? <laughs> not as don't bring not me as a teacher that not as a teacher that's, um i i think i think it's i think it just comes i think it comes down to the fact that with something like this i don't know how how you watched it hugh but even if you didn't with my watch eyes. it in, in the in the cinema, yeah. <laughs> but you know, I think I think you've got to you've got to go out there, get a massive TV or projector, and if you don't have one, then steal one. Then just hook it up, get up there, and steal one from your friend Baxter until he realizes four yeah. years later. That's, <laughs> That's what so I weird. God damn it, Sam. Yeah, thank you for returning that. <laughs> Someone else has it now, by the way. Carly, with what? A, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say. Yeah, I lent it to a tutee of mine that. He's got. He's a cow. Um, So I'd say I say just try. If you're listening, Carly out there, he wants it back. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, I think yeah. Break the lockdown to get it to him. Watch it. Watch it on as big a screen as possible with as loud a system as Mm. possible because it is it is thoroughly enjoyable. And yes, I think I think you definitely you've said some good points about um, things that could potentially be wrong with it. But I think it's still it's still an enjoyable experience and i think that's hey, at that's the end why of the i day, you know if we all had the same opinion the world would be boring wouldn't it you know? <laughs> true but also better <laughs> yes yes <laughs> mind fury it's my opinion that we all share <laughs> oh, glorious leader so this leads us this leads us nicely Hugh, into next week what film are we going to watch next week so we're going to watch uh, next week so Basically, you know, because of this, the virus that will not be named. You know, what what would you what what would you do, Sam and Baxter, if uh, you know you 
you had to get away from some awful global problem. Do you know what I think you might do? Is that, it's a rhetorical question. I think you <laughs> might build a train, get onto a train that's circumnavigating the globe to survive. Right. So I think we're going to do the uh, Bong Joon-ho, uh, recent Oscar winner himself, uh, film Snowpiercer, because I know Sam, you've not seen that. Yeah. What do you know about it, Sam? No, nothing. I didn't even know there was a train. I know nothing. Right. <laughs> it looks I like it's quite cold. Snow. Snow, yeah. <laughs> Presumably now yeah. the the train pierces through that snow. But we'll, well find we'll out. See, won't we? We'll find out in due course. So I don't know anything. I know Chris Evans is in it. I think uh, Ed Harris is in it. I don't know anything. Yeah. Okay. Well, we'll well that's look, tune in next week and you'll find out. Yeah, absolutely. So Hugh, if you want to get in touch with us and tell us how fantastic Baxter was on his first attempt without even trying, like just just like first time, um, <laughs> how could they do that? <laughs> So what they need to do, Sam, what they need to do, Baxter, for your, for just for your information here, is they need to, so, I don't know how they're going to do this, I don't know how they're going to socially engineer a post-apocalyptic world, but if they can, if that's within that's their power... That's just the little details, yeah, yeah, that's fine. Yeah, there's, there's some minor details, they'll work it out. What yeah. they need to do is then they need to go to a farm or somewhere relatively secure, but still not secure enough that these creatures that have, you know are going to come for them would not would still be able to hear them from time to yeah, time yeah, because, yeah. you know, dramatic tension and all that. You know, you need to keep yourself on your toes, yeah, keep yeah, fit yeah. and all that. Um, and then somehow they need to write a letter and then they'll probably have to hand deliver it, as given the scenario. Um, try and maybe use a I don't know what's the most use a quill or something 2 HP or is that is that hard yeah so, it needs to be soft doesn't it 2 what's the I'm opposite sure. of yeah really soft yeah. pencil yeah there's always your blood yeah. as well <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah you, the paint, painting's quite quiet isn't yeah it? in blood yeah yeah um, you know use what you've got to hand I guess <laughs> <laughs> good so failing that if they had say an internet connection I mean, why would they have the internet during the apocalypse? Underground generators. Oh, okay. Yes, they can email us at pleasewatchthis.pod at gmail.com. Thank God for that. Sam, yeah. if, they want to get in, if they want to use that internet to get in touch with us in other places that, you know, where you can do social media, oh, yeah, yeah, where yeah. can they contact us? On Twitter, actually. We're now available on Twitter, have been for ages. Did you hear that, Baxter? I, yeah, that's Twitter. revolutionary stuff. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, we went the all the way to 2007 to get it um, it's <laughs> at please watch pod you'll find us on twitter we're also on facebook at please watch pod as well have have you guys are you instering are you instagrammers no we're 30 odd so who, <laughs> what would we instagram our, our book i'll tell you what oh god uh, in facebook groups that i've joined about they're about films it's just lots of smug people showing pictures of their bookshelves sorry their dvd shelves i'm like nobody cares that you've got a thousand dvds it's not interesting um so that's that's why we don't use instagram i just you can put filters on I don't I've never like I understand Instagram I get the phenomenon but I've never been somebody to I think it's just a bit I'm not posting isn't it I, I, you know I wouldn't be posting photos of myself so yeah. it's, uh, not yet Baxter do you want them to get in touch with you would you rather they didn't um, <laughs> let's let's keep it yeah let's keep it on the DL until, yeah. until I return again maybe, maybe there's a big backlash they'll be like oh man who is this guy what is he talking about <laughs> he just spoke for ages just get him off the air yeah I mean yeah. so until I hear feedback if they love me god yeah bring it, bring me back on <laughs> I'll give you my, my personal phone number let's, <laughs> let's have a chat <laughs> yeah he'll give you his phone number yeah you hear that audience is a promise <laughs> well I think that's it Sam isn't it 
That's done. it. We've done all the things. Uh, Baxter, once again, thank you so much for joining us all the way from yeah, thanks a for thousand coming. miles away. Or thank you for having me. Whatever. And uh, we will, we'll be certain to get you back on, etc. We've done that. All right. So, listener, we love you. We will speak at you next uh, week, I suppose. Yeah. Take care. Bye. Bye.